New season, new wardrobe, and we're kicking off fall in style with Macy's VIP sale. Use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 30% off fall's biggest trends. Apple picking on the agenda, hello plaid and tall boots, and hey, maybe this is the season you try culottes. And our best brands like Ink, Kelvin Klein, and Tommy Hilfiger, yep, they're included too. Plus, get your glam on with 15% off the beauty brands you love. And Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Going on now at Macy's. Welcome to Courtney Beyond the Cake. Stories that inspire, uplift, and fill your soul with joy, much like cake. In her early 20s, Lacey Gadigard West was traveling the country, working with high-profile celebrity clients as a hairstylist for the Bellagio in Las Vegas. She was loving her life and booming career, as well as a new business she was starting, but also felt the desire to turn her attention to her new family. She ended up moving across the country to support her then-husband through law school and raise her two boys, all while trying to keep that new business afloat. In the years that followed, Lacey's journey took her through her fair share of ups and downs as she navigated being a single mom, growing her business, and a brain tumor that ultimately led to a multiple sclerosis diagnosis. In today's episode, Lacey shares with us many of the life lessons she's learned throughout her journey, including how her MS diagnosis gave her a second chance at life. Welcome back, friends, to another episode of Courtney Beyond the Cake. I am thrilled to have my friend Lacey West here with me today. Lacey, welcome. I was just saying, I love your journey, your story. There's so much I'm excited for you to share, but I've never really, I mean, because we've talked and we've gotten to know each other over the last couple of years since we became friends. It was probably three years ago this Christmas, maybe, is our yeah. friendship anniversary. Yeah, right? I stalked you for a while before that, but <laughs> officially friends, probably at yeah, yeah, three years. Three years ago yeah. this yeah. December. Anyway, so I was saying, I like, I know your story, but it's kind of bits and pieces. And it's like it, the full story is so amazing and inspiring and uplifting and powerful, especially for women. I just like love everything you do to empower women. And so your story just adds to all of that. So I'm going to kind of turn it over to you. And I want you to take us back to the early days before laced hair before you were part of the board for MS Foundation in Utah and Idaho, before you started your own foundation, before all these amazing things that you've done. Like, let's go back to the beginning. Where did this start? Awesome. So I know it, it's really interesting going back. I'm like, oh, this is, this is a while. <laughs> this has been a long time coming. It's been quite a journey. I've been through a lot in the last like 12-ish years. Uh, so a little bit about me, how I got my start. I... I am a hairstylist by trade. I have been doing hair for almost 20 years. Uh, that definitely does age everything. <laughs> but I started hair school when I was like 17. So yeah. I've done hair for a really long time. And I did hair. I was really lucky. I went I went to hair school in Southern Utah where I'm from. And right after I graduated, I got a really incredible job at the Bellagio in Las Vegas. And that really really excelled my career that I was able to work under really incredible hairstylists. And so at 19 and 20, I was able to become a hairstylist at the Bellagio after assisting for a few years. And the Bellagio, this is 2003. Yeah. So the Bellagio in 2003 was like the premier hotel. It still is an incredible hotel. Yeah. There was like no one else there. The, How did you the get that job? Hadn't, um, I just, I really just applied. 
And I actually, yeah. And I, I started as an assistant, which like I always now to hairstylists or anyone looking to get their foot in the door with anything is it's okay to like start at the bottom Mm -hmm. and work your way up because I had a lot to learn. Yeah. So I was an assistant there and, uh, you know, hair extensions were a very new thing. And my manager at the salon, I remember seeing extensions and hearing about them. And I had actually learned hair extensions while I was in, um, while I was in hair school and we didn't offer them. So I was pushing her like, let's do extensions. And anyways, took a few certifications, started doing extensions. And then this is like 2004, um, 2005. And I was starting to get really busy. So clients would fly in from LA to have me do their extensions Clients would fly in from like small towns in like Alabama and Washington state. And because were you like one of the only stylists kind of on the West side the West coast that was yeah. doing extensions and I would fly. Yeah. And I would drive, travel to LA and Newport beach. And I, so I worked part-time in LA as well mm-hmm. doing, uh, on, you know, I worked with celebrities and worked with some really other awesome hairstylists Okay, well, as well. I'm going to interject real yeah. quick because I think, first of all, when you said Bellagio, I'm like, all right, what was the clientele like? at the Bellagio and now you're going to LA and bringing those two worlds together. Tell us a little bit about your clientele. Yeah, Cause so I think that interesting. sounds fun. Uh, I know. And looking back, you know, back then there wasn't Instagram and mm-hmm. we had to sign contracts and you probably know working yeah. on TV back in those days, you can't really talk about it. So, or take pictures mm-hmm. and like, I would have only had like a yellow point and shoot anyways around me. So I don't really have a lot of pictures, but those experiences were so awesome. That would like have to be a whole nother episode because you'd have me all day because I did some really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, but I worked on set of TV shows and I would do hair for them. Mm-hmm. And I worked for a ton of magazines doing hair and assisting for those as well. Um, and then some of like the 2005 that you will know, yeah. Courtney, because we're close to the same <laughs> age. So, but you know, it would be like a lot of reality sh- stars were starting to take mm-hmm. off. Yeah. So it was like the Hiltons and, um, you know, like Paula Abdul and there were like, those were some of the celebrities yeah. that would be coming in all the time. And just, and even though they would, a lot of times they would just come in and get just their hair blown out Yeah. and just, and a lot of, most of my clients were a lot of athletes a lot of athletes' wives Mm. at the time yeah, too. So I was able to meet, you know, like Alex Rodriguez and Andy Roddick and like all of these like celebrity athletes because those were, and Michael Jordan and Mm -hmm. like his family and like Wayne Gretzky and their family were were like really becoming celebrities. They weren't just athletes, but all of a sudden they were in like a totally different limelight because they were celebrities and Vegas. I mean, you have so much traffic going through there. I'm yeah. sure you saw people from all over the celebrity world and athletic yeah, so world. So then like, you know, Beyonce would come in our salon and she has a, a hair team, but she'd get a manicure and Jennifer Aniston. And I mean, like, I'm, I, it's funny now that I'm thinking, but like a lot of like the 2005 celebrities, they were all, all yeah. of them were in our salon yeah. for sure. And you were young. I mean, what was that like living? It's kind of a fast paced life, all that travel back and forth between Vegas and California and having such big names and all the different like changes going on in Vegas. What was that like for you at a young age? I honestly, I think it really shaped me. I'm from a small town and my family's from Vegas. So I had a lot of family in Vegas all the time. So I would go there 
but living there and working on the strip was is definitely a different world than the suburbs of Las Vegas. So I got a lot of incredible experiences. I'm so, so grateful for them and made a lot of relationships. That's like really helped, you know, fast forward my business. Now those experiences are super cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it's, it's fun to talk to my kids about it. And I'm really happy that I have, I'm really happy with the life I have now, but I'm happy I did that in my early twenties and I like, I'm forever grateful, but yeah, it was very fast paced. You know, I would, I got to go to fun concerts all the time and I made insane connections through the hotel industry and it was just, it was super cool. So how did you transition then from doing that? Cause that sounds like you were excelling and you probably got gone really far at that particular salon and building more celebrity clients, but you didn't keep doing that. Yeah. What was the transition there? It's so, uh, gosh, I know go back again. Now we're like, it helps me if I think of the dates. So now we're like in 2007 um, and I started dating my uh, ex-husband. Uh-huh. We got married pretty quick, okay. um, which is, in, you know, interesting as part of the story because yeah. we did get married really quick. I was 23. Uh-huh. And right after we got married, I got pregnant like within three months of getting married. So in 2008, I had my son and my ex-husband was about to graduate from UNLV. So after he graduated from UNLV, we, so now this is 2009, he graduates from UNLV and he was accepted to law school in Michigan. So that explains the transition. But in that first year of having my baby, um, that life in my early twenties was really fun, Mm -hmm. but I had to shift to be this like young mom and I didn't like that life anymore. I was working 10, 11 hour days and then traveling to California, which my son came everywhere with me. Oh, which really? Was really? Wow. Fun. And fun I, and hard though. Yeah. Because yeah. I had family in California, I could drop him off, but it was just, it was a lot. And I was dropping him off at daycare and I, it just wasn't life I wanted. So in my mind during all of this was where extensions, extensions were what I did. They were mm-hmm. my bread and butter. I didn't do I didn't even do color anymore. I was only taking extension clients. And this is when I said, you know what? I want to start my own business so I can be home with my kids. And then I also at this time got pregnant with my second son. And, you know, like I said, my husband's going to law school. So at the time I was like, okay, well, I am going to start this business because I was doing so many extensions and it was actually incredible money as well. Mm-hmm. Extensions as a hairstylist, there's not another service you can offer that will make you as much money. So I was, I thought if I just had my own brand, that way I could use this hair on my clients. And from there, because I, and I created all these really cool colors. If you go to our website, all these mixtures and some of them were ombre, all these different colors I created, yeah. no one else was doing that yet. And so all my friends that were hairstylists then, you know, were like, well, we want those colors and your hair quality that you found is really awesome. And I really even find that the time for this, you moved to Michigan, you're in a brand new state. Your ex-husband was in law school at the time, which we've been to business school. We know like how much time I had friends who did law school. Like you don't see your husband, like they are at school. That is their full-time job. And you've got two littles. How did you have the energy, the time, the resources to start this new business? Yeah. So it, it's so funny because it it really is. And I think 
uh, Courtney are really similar to me. They're just like, if you want something, you just know you have to work hard. Mm -hmm. So there were nights that I didn't sleep creating this brand. And there were times where, I mean, I wasn't making, I definitely wasn't making any money. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) So I started this business in 2010, right before my second son was born. And I actually had him in Michigan and I wasn't making any money. And we went through times where we actually made several mistakes in manufacturing where I got ripped off and, you know, there's, I got ripped off a significant amount of money Mm -hmm. and it almost made me not be able to continue my business. And I still just worked through it. And I was like still making money on the side, raising these two kids by doing Mm -hmm. extensions. And honestly, I think the next thing that happened was I started posting my before and afters of hair extensions on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So 2010 is like Instagram's 2010, 2011. We'll probably like, yeah, kind of crush, go into that year. It's like Instagram's very first boom. Yeah. You were an OG on there. So it's like, (laughs) so I started making some connections on Instagram with other women that were slinging things like great example would be Susan Peterson with yeah. freshly picked. We became friends like back in 2011 from Instagram is how I met her. Cause That's I was so living cool. in Michigan. So I just, people became interested in my brand and in my work. And then people started asking me, well, can you train me how to do this? Because extensions were growing. It was, it had become a thing on Instagram and Instagram really helped me. So from there it was, and I made some other blogger friends like Kara from Mascara. Mm-hmm. She became my yes, friend too. I and so, I mean, I, and I remember thinking like, okay, well, I guess I need a website because people were calling me and ordering over the phone. And so I created a website and I remember the first order that came in. The very first one I remember was from Louisiana. And I just remember thinking like, wow, someone saw me on Instagram, wanted to buy my hair and they live in Louisiana. And I just, that was probably the first moment that I had that made me realize like, oh, this actually could probably be something. Mm -hmm. So, but during that time, you know, of course there's the other side. (laughs) I'm like a new mom. I was only, you know, I'm 26 now. And at the time, not now, (laughs) but 26. (laughs) At the time. My, you know, my husband at the time is in law school, very busy. And it was really hard because I'm trying to focus on my business and I'm, emailing customers at night and doing all these things. And it definitely put a strain between him, like in law school, Mm -hmm. it definitely put a strain on us. And it also kind of made me realize too, back then, Mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, this is, you know, we wanted to focus on my marriage and my kids. And so I kind of put my business, I wasn't working as much on it. So I think in those early years, it, is another reason why I got a slow start. Cause I've been at it for 10 years. Yeah. And, um, but, so. but trying to find the balance or the management of time between like, because you say family, but it's husband and kids, spouse kids. and yeah. kids. Like those are kind of separate a little bit and then business and then your own personal health and well being. like trying to manage all of those. It can be really tricky. And as a young mom, gosh, like trying to figure out even just how to be a mom is a full-time yeah. job. That's a lot. And we definitely, you know, that it put a strain on our marriage too, because we're, he's in law school mm-hmm. and, um, 
I mean, just to be like totally candid, because I'm usually, I try to be as candid as I can with the story. I mean, we are like on, we were on food stamps and we were yeah. getting, we don't have like families that were helping us or anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had, we didn't have a lot of money. So it put a strain when I would like invest in this business that I believed in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he was, he was definitely, you know, wanted to support me, but we were stressed out trying to pay for all of his get more student loans for him. And like, it was definitely a really hard time. There were plenty of times where I look back that I'm even talking about it now. I'm like, I can't believe we still kept it up. And like I said, I'm so grateful. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was definitely really hard. And the, you know, the economy was really bad in those years too. It still had it. We were living in Michigan where, I mean, the economy was just what we saw around us was really sad and yeah. really, um, you know, it was a really sad time. So just all of that and trying to work, I think it just added a lot of stress definitely to our marriage. Of course, and yeah. We lived in two different houses. We only lived there for three years in Michigan and we had lived in two different houses. So my, um, the lease was up on one of the houses we had to live in in Michigan. And um, my, it, it was too hard to find like a six month lease. We couldn't afford it. We couldn't find it. So we made the decision to move, like I moved with my kids and my, um, in back to Southern Utah to live with my mom while he finished up one more semester. So then we, I was apart in my marriage for four months, which yeah. like, I just don't recommend. Yeah. You just learn how, I kind of learned how to be a single mom then. And it, you know, made my independence even more like, it just catapulted that a little bit yeah. more. And I kind of, that's, we just kind of grew apart. And after his, um, after he graduated, he took an externship, um, in Phoenix. So then we moved to Phoenix. So <laughs> now we're on move number. This is 2012 ish probably. And we're on move number. I don't even and know. And at this point like you're really six. not doing anything with the hair extensions, except some of your own clients. Are you? Yeah. And we had our website and I'm probably, I mean, I'm probably shipping out four packages a month at this point. So definitely it's still a loss. I was Mm -hmm. not paying myself anything. The money Mm -hmm. I was making was if I was providing a service for their extensions and I had the hair. So, but I moved to Phoenix and why this move is important too, (laughs) is because this is where, um, I did a post with, uh, a, a blog post with my friend Kara who created mascara and we were, you know, pretty similar in that, in that world. She was a very popular blogger. I was not, but yeah. we, you know, in starting our own brands is what I mean. So what I did was I did a post with Kara. Kara has this beautiful jet black hair. She'd yeah. been coloring it herself and I stripped that color off and I made her like a caramely blonde. I did that post with her. And I still love and owe her because that post we did on her blog, like went viral on Pinterest of how to go light. And so from there, it helped grow my Instagram just by getting out there. I made more friends. Um, We started sending, I created like our clip-in line, which Mm -hmm. the clip-ins were huge um, in that time. So I created that clip-in line at that uh, while I was living in Phoenix, the clip-ins, started going on TV shows, started going to people that, you know, the bachelorette contestants and started sending it into magazines. And 
from there, it's just kind of been this, you know, that we had grown from there. And then we moved, uh, we moved back to Utah. Um, and after we moved back to Utah from Phoenix, we were only in Phoenix for like a little under a year. Okay. Same thing back to Utah. And that was when, you know, I was just a really different person, really wanted to focus on my career. It was starting to really grow. And that was like, I mean, my marriage had definitely taken a hit Mm -hmm. for all the things we'd been through. And so we moved back to Utah and that was when I got a divorce. So divorce came and I had two little boys. They were uh, three and five when we got divorced, I think. And so, yeah, from there, um, that was probably the hardest, saddest thing ever to go yeah. through with those yeah. little boys. Um, but we were able to, um, you know, it, he's a great dad and loves them and it's okay. But from there, I think the single mom life is way harder than anyone ever thinks. And I think that that was like part of the motivation to like, okay, I have like no choice here because yeah. I have to support these kids. And so I was able to um, uh, really start getting my name out there in Utah and people were buying hair and it just extensions were going crazy. Instagram was going crazy. The blogging world, a lot of my hair was on celebrities and a lot of bloggers and um, I was really lucky. And so, you know, all this is happening and I am, uh, growing my business and the boys are thriving. And of course I had a nanny and I was lucky. Um, but yeah, I worked, I just like, I worked a lot. Yeah. With the new school year here comes the new fall schedule of after school activities. That means a couple things for me. I'm in the car most afternoon running around my littles and it means that dinner time needs to be quick and easy. So lately we've been trying every plate and I couldn't love it more. You guys, they deliver everything right to my front door. So all the ingredients for a meal, they're pre-measured and they're ready for me to put together and cook in like about 30 minutes or less. It saved me the time of meal planning, going to the grocery store and the prepping. And once I ran all the numbers, I actually found that it's less expensive than takeout or delivery. And more importantly, I'm still in the kitchen making dinner for my family. The whole process has just been simplified. So you can get three weeks of every plate meals for only $2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code three Courtney. That's the number three and then Courtney. So that's three weeks of every plate meals for only $2.99 a meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code three Courtney. Well, yeah, at that point, you, I mean, <laughs> what people don't realize, I think some people, I shouldn't say all people, but some people don't realize is how much goes into the startup of it. Even though you had had these years, once you start to propel it, you're still really not paying yourself. Everything you make, you're putting back into the business because you want to see it grow and you believe in something and you want it to flourish. And there's so much more behind the scenes that you're putting into it while also trying to manage two kids at home and having that, that help, that nanny or whatever it may be becomes a survival mode and necessity. Yeah. And I actually, it's funny because I didn't, I, gosh, I'm trying to think of like, just to be totally candid and honest, because I think it's important for business owners to know. Yeah. I don't think I gave myself, a, I for sure didn't give myself a paycheck at that time. Yeah. And of course the business is helping you like Mm -hmm. you can put your gas on your credit, your business credit card and stuff when you're owning a business. But 
everything was going back into the yeah. business. So I was still having to work my day job, if you will, of doing hair mm-hmm. full time to yeah. pay for our lives. How long did you invest. go before you actually gave yourself a paycheck from laced hair? Gosh, from when I officially started in 2010, I would say probably six years before I finally wow. started like That's literally cutting time. myself a paycheck. But again, I had, I was in the service industry so I could do hair to make yeah. money, but I don't, I didn't start giving myself an actual pay. pay Did you ever get discouraged? I mean, cause you had the point in business or I'm sorry, law school that was, you know, you kind of had to slow down and step back. And that was just a hard time financially to be able to put yourself through school, put your husband through school at the time and start a business and raise a family. Um, but like, even after that, when you really started to like take off in 2010, did you ever feel like, oh my gosh, I'm still not able to pay myself. Did that ever feel like a, a roadblock that made you want to stop or, or how do you push through and persevere through the moments of doubt and questioning? Yeah, there's a lot of those. And especially as, as great as Instagram was, I think I was kind of getting into a little bit of a depression because of it too. Mm-hmm. Because um, not kind of a little, those words shouldn't be used in depression, but I think we downplay that. Yeah. Um, But so I was 100% in a depression because I was comparing myself to other women that were starting businesses that were catapulting and some women that were even, you know, mimicking my business that were like, I would look at them and I'm like, oh my gosh, they have like, this, this client now is going to them and they're growing so much and they have the support of their husband and maybe more financial backing or all these things. I started comparing, I started comparing myself and, um, and then I had that aspect of it. And then I was also comparing myself to like the families that are like at Disneyland together. And I was like, Oh, that's so sad. My kids are like, (laughs) so I had like this double guilt of not being good enough in my business and then like not being a good enough mom that I think probably will like always linger there somewhere, even as success comes and, you know, and so it, it definitely, uh, yeah, I look at those times and I just, I am so grateful that I, that I didn't give up because there's a million reasons why you could have Mm -hmm. to focus more time on the kids. You know, I sacrificed, I would go do these interviews and do these clients. I I never said no to a client. I always was, I was working so much and I still have a little bit of that guilt um, where I wish I could have spent more time with my kids. But at the same time, I was just trying to like give them a good life. So I was a full-time working mom, probably more than full-time. And so that guilt would come. But I think what kept me going is definitely I believed in my brand and I love what I did. So I'm like, even if everyone gets way better than me, I'm still going, I'm still providing an awesome life for my kids. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was still growing. So the numbers weren't lying. I was like, okay, this is still something like I can still keep going. And yeah, I think having those kids and then a brand and business that I love and believe in and these women that come in and get their hair done, it's pretty life-changing for them. And it was something, the very first time I got extensions, that feeling I felt when I see that, that I can give other women that joy is like, 
it's, it's hard to not want to do that yeah. anymore. So that kept me going too. Um, I rented a little space with a little storefront. People could come in and buy hair. My website was looking beautiful. My Instagram was growing. We were again, celebrities are wearing my hair. And you're feeling probably at this point, my work is paying off. Like it's starting to pay off all these like years of blood, sweat and tears is paying off. And that's got to feel good. Yeah. And it took a long time (laughs) after going through. Absolutely. We moved like eight times. I went through a divorce. I went through all these crazy things. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, I was doing really well and I was actually in, I was actually in a relationship and I was engaged. Mm -hmm. And so everything's going really well. You know, I've always suffered from really bad migraines, Mm -hmm. probably since I was like 16. Oh, wow. That's young. And, um, and, but they were starting to get really, really bad. And so I would be at work and luckily I had two girls that worked with me. One was an assistant and one was also a hairstylist that could like help me take over clients when I'd have mm-hmm. to go home. They were really bad. And they're, we're talking like these headaches, that would like knock me out completely for like days, just lock me in a dark room. And, oh my gosh. and I was starting to like notice this happening more. So, uh, I was asked to go and participate in the Victoria's Secret fashion show. And I took my, all of my hair extensions to New York city. Big deal. So, yeah. Wow. And super cool. <laughs> and we did the fashion show. They're wearing my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and the very next day after it, I'm in New York and I was really sick the next day with these headaches that I'm talking about. And this is November mm-hmm. of 2015. And so I'm just like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Like I'm, something's wrong. I could tell everything was, when I would talk, it was getting harder. Things were like, my speech is starting to slur. And within two weeks, um, it was Thanksgiving weekend and I was in Cedar City for Thanksgiving weekend. And I actually, um, actually had a, like a, I had a little, a kind of a mini seizure. I don't remember it, but that's what I know happened. And my whole face was just numb and paralyzed. So I would try and talk and I couldn't. And so my family's in the medical fields and they thought that um, when my mom saw me and we're in Southern Utah, she just said, um, let's just go to back to Salt Lake. Cause she knew, she like, knew. knew something was up. So um, I'm sorry. I'm getting emotional telling this part. I'm, <laughs> Nine months <laughs> pregnant and I'll be You're... crying, telling the, a lot of this stuff when I've told it before, not been so emotional, so sorry. Um, but anyway, so we went back and went to the ER back in Salt Lake and um, I woke up and I was actually in an ambulance and the, the guy in the back of the ambulance with me, because I had left the hospital, but I didn't know because I had been put under, okay. uh, they did an MRI. Um, but it was a really long MRI. So they knocked me out, I guess. Um, so when I woke up and I'm in the back of the ambulance and I was just like looking around and I'm like, why am I in an ambulance? And they just said, we're taking you to the, to the university of Utah. Um, because the hospital I was at, they're like, we're not really equipped to deal with, or they're not really equipped to deal with brain tumors. Uh, (laughs) In the ambulance, you have a brain tumor. So I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, wait, like I had no clue. I thought maybe he must have not known that they know. hadn't told you. Yeah. And so the oh poor kid in the back, you oh know, my I was just like, what? And he was just like, well, 
Like he just, I mean, it was so, anyways, I just, we pull up to the University of Utah, who's like incredible. And that was, you know, now this is like the next challenge. I was just like, oh my gosh. So anyways, same thing. All the doctors come in, they're looking at results. And it's so weird to see like a, they put it on the wall when they come in and they're talking to you. And like, I don't even really remember anything they said. I just remember seeing that and just like, could you see it in the picture? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I just remember seeing that in the picture and it's like, it was probably like the size of like a plum. Oh wow. Yeah. So it's a pretty big mass in there. And so you're just looking at that and it's like Christmas time and just like, so that was probably the next hard thing um, that I had to, that I had to face. And it's interesting because that weekend, Thanksgiving weekend is Black Friday. And that's like, if you are in retail, like that's yeah. like your biggest weekend. So yeah. I remember I'm trying to like, I'm in the hospital with this news deciding, um, the, the brain tumor was actually in an inoperable spot. So the whole team at the U, there were half the team that were like, we need to go in and operate and see if it's cancerous. The other team was like, they were like, no, we just need to watch it. If it's cancerous, we can't remove it anyways because of where it was. And so yeah. they were like, it's too dangerous. So I'm in there and I'm also like responding to like customer <laughs> emails. Um, of course you are. Because oh, I'm, you know, amazing. running a business yes. and it was black Friday. And so I had to, you know, someone's mad that a color of hair extensions is sold out. And I'm just literally in a hospital bed, not knowing what is going to happen. And so with that, I mean, you know, I got I, like, I, it's hard to go into that deep without like instantly saying like, I'm one of the lucky ones because what I saw in there being at the neuroscience unit was like really sad. So, um, they, with the help of the doctors, we decided to not do a brain surgery, but mm -hmm. I mean, they were ready. They were showing me where on the right side of my head, it was going to be shaved and all these things to go in for the surgery. Why did you decide not to? Um, just because like I said, if, if that, if, if I would have had a cancerous brain tumor, um, I could have found out in two months um, if it, because based on just the development of it yeah, and what it would, it would do to your grown. body. Yeah. And so the risk, if it wasn't mm -hmm. a cancerous brain tumor, wasn't worth going in and disrupting your life, um, mm -hmm. especially where the brain, you know, the uh, mass was to be um, it, it, like it could have yeah. made me not walk again, not see. Oh gosh. It's just, every single fine motor skill, which is why my whole face was numb. And even now, uh, especially when I'm talking, I still, the left side of my face is still is pretty, it's come back a little bit, yeah, but is still pretty, like you can see like I would one never side know. kind of comes yeah. down and that's from the mass that's actually like still there. Yeah. But, um, so anyways, it just wasn't worth the risk. Yeah. And a lot of doctors were like, no, she's only 30, I guess I was 30 yeah. at the time, 31. Um, and so like there, it wasn't worth the risk. So they would have let me do it if I wanted, but I decided to go with the doctors on the side of like, I no. like, I don't want a brain surgery. So yeah. anyways, we opted out not to do it, but they treated me. They started treating me as if I possibly did, meaning like, 
time spent at Huntsman Cancer Institute getting treatments. Um, Were you undergoing chemotherapy? No, radiation? there wasn't what, chemo what or radiation yet. But I was getting intense, intense steroids to shrink whatever was in there okay. and relieve some of the swelling that was on And did on that help mass. at all? It definitely did. And but through that, um, like my, uh, I there was a time where I couldn't really walk. I couldn't talk because of all that inflammation on my brain. Yeah. And in hopes, you know, they're in like their point of doing that is hope the swelling would go down and the inflammation and we could actually see what the mat, because it, you can see it's on there, but you can't tell what it is mm-hmm. unless you go in and operate. And since we weren't doing that, they were doing everything they could other than operating uh, or treating it for cancer at the time to make sure that uh, it was at least shrinking, shrinking or something okay. would come of it. But with that, I spent a lot of time getting other treatments. They did crazy treatments like a spinal tap mm-hmm. because there were signs that maybe it's multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I'm like, it's not. MS. It's not. No, it's I just have a something tumor. that's yeah. going to go away. I didn't, I, and I didn't know anything about MS and I didn't really even put that as an option because I, Think of people with MS, and at the time, because I wasn't informed, I'm like, oh, those are just people, like, they have canes in wheelchairs. Like, this is just going to be a mass that, like, goes away, or I can mm-hmm. have surgery. Like, it's just going to go away. Like, I didn't even put that in my mind. So I'm getting all these treatments, and in these treatments, I, because of they were so, so intense, um, I lost a lot of my hair. I lost a lot of weight, and then I would also gain weight because the steroids. And, yeah. And so yeah. these treatments that were so intense... Like I said, losing my hair, um, I I started just coming in and putting like my, I would have my clip-ins in mm-hmm. and I'd be sitting by these other women that were getting treatments too, because it is like a movie when you're in those treatment centers at, yeah. at these cancer institutes, you're sitting by other people and most of them were women going through chemotherapy and they, you know, have their bandanas and I would be bored because you're sitting there for hours. And so I would like talk to them Mm -hmm. and, um, really incredible. I always feel, you know, I met some really awesome women that were going through, um, some of them did have brain tumors and that they were going through, going through chemones. A lot of them had breast cancer and just all sorts of treatments and all of them complimented my hair. They were like, and I felt guilty, but they were like, how is your hair so beautiful when you're getting all these treatments? Yeah. I was like, well, they're hair extensions. Yeah. And each one of these women that I had talked to, along with nurses that also complimented my hair, because I don't have nice hair. I never have. It's just always been extensions that makes it look pretty. Uh, All of them, they just said, oh, wow. Like, so we started talking about extensions in my brand Mm -hmm. and they were like, oh, well, is it human hair? All these questions, is it expensive? How can I like get this hair? And um, like, yes, it is human hair and yes, it is expensive. And they were like, well, when I can afford it again, when I am not having to pay for all these treatments. And that's when, again, like (laughs) my heart, I was just like, oh my gosh. And like, I'm like, no, like I'll get you some hair. Like, of course I'll get you some hair. And so, um, that was where I had the idea. And again, at this time, I still had no clue what was going on in my yeah. life. But I was like, I really think I can start something here where I can help these women like have beautiful hair. And, you know, it's funny how in my journey of being a hairstylist and having having this brand, a lot of times it gets a bad rap that like these women that get extensions are so vain, you know? Yeah. And so 
I am, and of course, like the beauty industry gets that rap anyways. And like anything else, some too much of anything, like yeah. we're not here. I'm not here to have my brand to like really make people feel bad about themselves or it's like, it's really, but it's really nice to know you can really enhance your own beauty with hair extensions that you well, already we always have. have to remember intention, right? Like we don't know every woman's intention when she goes in for plastic surgery or hair extensions or coloring. Like there's so much more of a story behind what you just see in a picture. And so like you're saying, these women, I mean, all they want is hair, beautiful yeah. hair. Like, and it's, and yeah, you're lost, providing that. Yeah. They lost their hair. And when you lose your hair, um, unless you've been through it, there's really no way you can describe it, but it yeah. feels, it's very like dewomanizing, definitely. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I didn't even lose all of my hair, but I lost a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and just meeting women that also have lost their hair, the change they get when you just put a little clip in, in their hair and it's full again, it was, yeah, it's pretty life changing. And yeah. so I, I mean, I feel that way after like blow drying my hair and I'm like, Oh, oh I look fancy today. Yeah. It makes me happy. Well, you and know? Even, and I had, it's and the it, little things. yeah. And it took me back. One of my best friends, uh, all growing up, her name is Kim. And she, she died of leukemia when we were in seventh grade. But when we were in sixth grade is when she had to shave her head. And I remember that feeling like I remember being there with her because I was at her house and I remember her mom bought her a wig. And so I just remember going back how like even these little kids and then these and then as women, you need the confidence too. And so I was like, oh my gosh, there are organizations out there, incredible ones that help that help children, but there's really not one for women like ours. And we don't do wigs yet. I hope they come eventually. But so that's, that's when you, I, is that when you laced hair? What's the full name of your foundation? The Laced now? Hair Foundation. Laced Hair Foundation. Yeah. Okay. So that was kind of the inception of it. Yeah. Through these there. women yeah. and their stories and their influence and this whole experience, you started that foundation. Yeah. So those were probably a really drawn out way of telling you about my foundation, but that's where the idea of it was born. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. there was still a process. Um, kind of fast forward. Uh, we were able to maybe probably four months later, Mm -hmm. they came back with, I always say like the best or like the best worst news ever Mm -hmm. (laughs) was what I got when my doctors there at the U, uh, said to me that, um, you do not have a cancerous brain tumor, but we are 99% sure that you do have MS. And so multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, again, had to retrain my brain and be be like, well, what, what is that? that? Well, what, tell us what it is. What is actually a neurological disease. Mm -hmm. And eventually, um, some, some women and men, they both, uh, they both get it and it can, it attacks your immune system. So it is an autoimmune Mm -hmm. attacks your immune system, uh, and eventually you can have those lesions there. It's not a, it's not a cancerous brain tumor, but it is a big old lesion that I have on there. And I yeah. actually have a few small ones as well, but eventually that can cover your entire brain. Wow. Um, it can also move into your spine and that that is where it can take away your motor skills and people, a lot of people do end up in wheelchairs. They do end up, um, with walking with canes and it just affects those are some of the systems. Did you know this at that point when they told you 
okay, it's not cancer, but you do have MS. Like, did that register? Did you realize what that meant? No, definitely not. And that's when I started doing some research and I happened to be, I mean, this is March now uh, of, yeah, this is March now after, you know, the initial diagnosis was end of November. Now we're in March and I happened to be just at our local grocery store at Harmon's and, um, they Harmon's does a lot of great work with the MS Society, mm-hmm. and um, there was a guy standing at a booth at Harmon's, and there's orange balloons, and it just said like MS Society. So I go there and I just like start grabbing all these pamphlets, and the guy <laughs> behind the counter was just like, because I'm like frantically grabbing these pamphlets, so I'm like, oh, this is so interesting. I literally just found out I have this. Yeah. And so the guy behind there was like, oh, have you heard of MS Society? Do you know anyone that's affected with MS? And then instantly, like, like oh. they just told me I had it and just, like, tears. Falling, of And course. so, um, anyways, the guy who happened to be behind that counter was actually Bob Harmon, you know, the owner of Harmon's. <laughs> and I... Wow. And he, he was just like, oh, my gosh, you're going to be okay. And he he told me that his wife has MS. And so that's why he's so involved with the MS society. And it was like such a blessing that I met him. So that's how I became involved with MS society was meeting him. And he just put me in touch with like the president of the society. And I just wanted to help people because I'm like, I honestly know nothing. And there's, I just always pictured these like older women that have it and that it's like, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of hope about it. And so I wanted to become like an activist for MS because I realized how many women in their early thirties, like get it and how it's scary, but it's like that it can be okay. What did it mean for you day to day? Like what does having MS mean? How did your life change? What is your day to day? What does your future look like? It's interesting because, um, I completely changed certain things like my diet, like Mm -hmm. I am completely gluten-free. So those headaches that I mentioned before that kind of led to my diagnosis, I'm not getting those anymore. Um, I've been pretty lucky to have pretty mild symptoms. Um, But when they do happen, certain things that can be hard to walk, can be hard to talk, um, it attacks you from the inside. So you will totally look like you're fine. Mm -hmm. But my legs will hurt so bad. And so like, there's just little things like that. Um, there's a lot of medications, a lot of advancements and treatments. I was giving myself shots like every day to help minimize, um, those symptoms. But when those symptoms do come, I have to go back to, I go, uh, my treatments are Huntsman Cancer Institute. So I get hooked up to my infusions and, uh, some people, those are like every month for me, they're probably every three to six months. And do um, they just like come up randomly? Like all of yeah, a sudden you're in pain you and I have and you're to just in pain. Wow. And, um, physically it's like a, for me, what hits me the most is like, it's like my motor skills, mm-hmm. which was scary because I'm, I, you know, I was a hairstylist. Yeah. So, um, and that was why too, uh, speaking of my health, it made me also realize all these things that I was doing running my own customer service, running all these things. I was like, I just need more help. Yeah. And so you're running yourself down. Yeah. And so I was, you know, I'm hiring more people and, you know, since I am kind of getting on the personal side of this journey, um, 
I, you know, go back, I was engaged and it, all the things that I was going through in my health, it was just like a little bit too much. And so I called that off and just decided I wanted to focus on just me and my kids. And so I just kind of muted that part of me and just focused on my business. So I actually didn't really, um, in the beginning on my business Instagram, even talk about that I was sick. Yeah. What yeah. a smart choice, at least from an outsider's perspective, to just say, you know what, I'm going to put that on pause. I'm going to go private. Like I can't focus because I think sometimes we, especially as women, feel like, okay, we have all these balls that we need to juggle and we have to all keep them all up in the air at the same time. When in reality, it's okay to take one of those balls away from our juggling act and put it down for a second. Yeah. It's going to be there when we come back and we're ready for it and we can handle, you know, a little bit more. But like it's, I'm so impressed that you gave yourself permission to just take one thing off of your plate while you were doing so many other things still. Yeah. And I think like, it's interesting because you saying, give yourself permission. I think as I do, I, I do podcasts and I speak uh, mm-hmm. these entrepreneurial series and I'm always shocked that people want me <laughs> to, like they want to hear my story. And I think that it really is it comes down to, like you said, giving yourself permission. Mm-hmm. I think the hardest word that uh, being a mom, business owner, working mom, or a- any woman in general is like, how do you balance it all? It's like, there's yeah. no such thing. You have to choose what's most important. Yep. And uh, obviously my business was really important because it is what supported my family. It mm-hmm. still supports my family. Yep. And so, and I 100% am responsible for my for my children and always have been financially. And so it has, um, and so the the business side of it just is what, is what keeps me going, my Mm -hmm. kids. And then mixed with how much I love making women feel beautiful and confident. And, um, and so, you know, my involvement with the MS society eventually led to them asking me to be on the board and being on the board of a nonprofit as big as the MS society has been really awesome. Um, I've learned a lot about the disease, learned about the MS society actually is a great charity that helps people because those I'm lucky to have health insurance, but if I didn't have health insurance, those shots that I was, that I was doing for, I got pregnant because when you're pregnant, you can't do any of them. Um, which I fast forwarded into my (laughs) life. (laughs) Surprise, I'm not pregnant. Um, but those are really expensive. So the MS Society provides treatment for people. And so with that involvement, um, and then just managing my symptoms and realizing like not being such a downer, like, oh, I'm actually okay. Yeah. And there's a lot of strong people that have MS. And a question that you asked me earlier is what does the future look like? And it's interesting because I honestly don't know. Mm -hmm. There's people that have MS that live completely normal full lives that don't end up in a wheelchair and there's people that do. Yeah. And so I really want to just live my life. Um, and I really, I've been lucky enough to be able to put myself with working hard in a position that I can. That's why yeah. I do take the vacation. That's why I do take the trip. And I choose putting like a life like that first over the depression of it. Yeah. But it is a choice every day because I do wake up and I'm like, I can't walk very well today or I don't want to do something. And I just... I still just do it. Like I listen to my body. If I need to rest, I will. Yeah. Like, but it's very rare that I let myself rest. But 
I I take the trip. I yeah. I do. I still do things. Yeah. I you're so good were, about taking your boys <laughs> and going out and being adventurous. But are are there days that you're scared that you wake up in more pain than another and you just feel maybe scared for that moment or scared for the future? What does that look like? Yeah, it's, the and, unknown is always daunting to us. Yeah. And those unknown days are really scary. And I think that they'll probably get worse as my MS progresses, but I'm pretty lucky right now that it's like, it's pretty mild and tame. The moments that are hard with MS are hard, but just try and, you know, ask for help, I think is the hardest thing that we probably do um, as moms asking for help and um, just knowing those days that I can call a friend or a sister to be like, Hey, can you take the kids? Cause I need to lay down more today or something. So, um, like I said, the, the pregnancy thing is making me even more emotional than normal, but yeah, those, those days are like, I think that you have to also, and everyone has their challenges. It yeah. could be depression. It yeah. could be a disease. It could be anything. And like, it's okay. Mine happens to be MS that I have to take time for myself and listen to my body. Um, like I literally physically have to, cause I can't do certain things. Can't walk some days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, so I think that if anything could come out of it would be like, if you have those things that are so hard for you, it's just to take time for them. Even if, even if it's, you know, mentally or physically impairing to make sure you still yeah. do stuff yeah. for yourself. And, and I, mine happened to be my travel. <laughs> <laughs> You've cut back on that. Cause you were going around teaching courses um, doing an academy, going around the country and traveling so much. But what I was just going to say, because I'm so fortunate enough to know you in our personal lives, and I know your boys, I think sometimes, you know, with our mom guilt that we have from working and following our passions and our hobbies and wanting to do something for ourselves, we feel like we're, you know, maybe in a way taking away from our kids. But I see so much in all these incredible women, you especially, Um, as you're working and following your dreams and trying to provide and help, you're teaching your children so much, so many valuable lessons and also showing them how you're managing different things in your life, balancing or not balancing, um, whatever you want to say, but like being able to handle all these things, but then also being able to put your own health and well-being at, at the forefront, right? Of like your priorities. And then for them to see how much is going on in your life, but then your boys are always a priority, right? They may not get all of your time, but it doesn't mean they're not one of your top priorities. And you manage that part beautifully, just so you know, on the outsider's perspective. And I think all moms do, and they need to remember that you guys are killing it. And we don't think we are most of the time. And there's tears and depression and anxiety over it. But we're doing the best we can, right? Like, and I think each mom needs to remember every best is different depending on exactly. where you are, right? Like your best is going to be different from my best today and vice versa. Yeah. And they're all temporary. It's interesting because my best, when my kids were young and we were so poor on, like I said, on food stamps, my best back then was way different than what it is now. But like all these all these circumstances are different. And I remember thinking like when my husband was in law school and like being embarrassed of like getting help like that. And then looking back how I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that I was able to have assistance and help. And it also 
you know, helped me realize like, wow, well now I'm doing something also to give back and like kind of use that as not an embarrassing thing, but Mm -hmm. something in your hard times to come back and be like, well, I'm able to help people now and to donate that extra money where you can and Mm -hmm. to, like I said, start a charity or obviously that's a really hard thing to do. I still haven't perfected my, uh, everything I've done for my foundation, but there's like so many ways you can help to give back, Mm -hmm. to come back full circle. And I'm so happy that I can show that for the boys too. Um, but yeah, we were able to, after I kind of had that mindset of like, okay, I just need to, I'm lucky I have a MS diagnosis was sad, but it was also a second chance. I'm like, I'm really going to be fine. It may be different, but I'm going to be fine. I don't have an inoperable brain tumor that's cancerous. That's going to kill me. Mm -hmm. Like I have a second chance at life. And so all those goals that I wanted, I made happen. I opened up a, a really beautiful salon here in Salt Lake city that became a storefront. And while we were building it, um, I realized the storefront was too small. So we had to find another warehouse to now we have our headquarters and warehouse in this big 3000 foot square, 3000 square foot warehouse where I have all my employees in there and I still have the salon as well. We created a, a, an academy where I train hairstylists all over the world. Mm -hmm. And now even from that just used to be me. Now we have, I think 10 educators, including me Mm -hmm. that now go out and travel and train. So I, yeah, I just, I kept going and I put myself and my business and my kids first and just kept, it's hard to say which one I put first because I think they all, I consider them all number one because it's hard to say exactly. Um, but yeah, I was able to travel and I, got myself some therapy. Like I had an awesome therapist because I went through some pretty traumatic things. Yeah. That's a lot in a short period of time too. I mean, we're looking at kind of like 10 years, all the moves, divorce, new business, major health concerns and worry. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. And I put myself in a place where I was healthy and, you know, and I was single and doing all these fun things and my business was thriving and I think putting myself in that good place put me in a a good place to realize like, oh, I can put myself out there in the dating world again. Yeah. And I had a friend set me up with um, a really awesome guy and uh, which is how I was able to meet Courtney. Because like I said, <laughs> I stalked her on Instagram for her cakes that are amazing, of course. Um, and so anyways, it was just, and that was, we were together for two years and then got married. It's been a year. In, yeah, almost a year, in, right? In, yeah. October. Yeah. It's funny because we were just talking about that yesterday. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're having, and I'm also pregnant. Uh, and due <laughs> yeah, in October. Due in on our, my due date is actually October 12th, which is our one year wedding anniversary. I love it. It's kind of cute. Of I love course. it. It's so cute. It's funny too. It's, it's the little, it's, it's like the little girl <laughs> being like, whatever, I'm already going to take my dad yes. away from you, mom. So, um, <laughs> she's coming in yeah. having her birthday on your anniversary, but what a special thing. And I think it's so interesting too, as you're talking about like how life kind of lines up. And you go through all these experiences, good and bad, but you're learning. And it's almost like we were talking about it with another guest 
a little while ago, Ashley, about like this mind, body, soul connection. And like you become, you got to this place. It's like, okay, I'm all whole. Right. And like all of a sudden other things started to fall into place as you were kind of making your business life, your health life, your family life, like just where it needed to be, you know? And then it's fun. And sometimes it's actually kind of hard doing an interview where I'm mixing so much personal into, but it's all part of your story though. I think it just builds. I mean, if you hadn't gone through the early stages of, of marriage and being a new mom, but also not having the experience of the Bellagio, like it's the best part of life or one of the best parts I think is getting older and then being able to look back and be like, I see how the dots connect and like it sucked going through this. And this was really hard, but gosh, I wouldn't be where I am today without that, that shaped who I am. And I wouldn't go back and change any trial I went through as much as I really didn't like it at the time, you know, because I know that because of those things, I am who I am. And I've learned and grown to really like myself for that. I also don't think I would have appreciated, uh, you know, the, there's so many people that are starting businesses very similar to mine right now. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, you know, I look at them and it's like, you know, okay, another competition, which is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've accepted that, but I also, it's not my journey and it's theirs. And, and so I can look back on everything I created and I appreciate where I am now. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't put myself say who's above or below. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't do any of that because I'm like, wow, I honestly, where I've come from, I'm so much more grateful for my business, for my children, for my marriage, for the house I live in now, like everything I do because of what I went through and being I'm 36 now. And so it's so interesting looking back the start of my career in my twenties and how cool it was and how much fun I had in, you know, living in between Vegas and LA and those awesome experiences, but it did, it shaped me. It made me be a hard worker. It made me be really grateful, um, to, for everything that I have now. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting because when I do tell my story, it is a little intense at sometimes and it does get emotional and, um, it makes me so happy. I never would have thought in a million years, I would be a CEO of a company with, we have between educators, salon staff, and then my online, uh, my online headquarters, Mm -hmm. I have about 25 people and I would have never dreamed that that would happen. And I would never, and we've helped hundreds of women with, through our, uh, the Lace Hair Foundation, like feel confident and beautiful. I would have never thought that, uh, we could have done that. And yeah. I don't think I would have, I mean, I hope I would have wanted to start something and help women. Um, but if I wouldn't have gone through my health scare, it wouldn't have put like catapulted into something as fast anyways. Mm-hmm. And so we, or maybe had as much meaning. Exactly. You know? I think that the story behind it helps me if I was just this founder and CEO, like yeah. sitting being like, oh, here's some hair. I think that people would still love it, but I think because I relate to them, mm-hmm. I hope that it helps women feel a little bit safer in our space and give them some confidence that used to exist or maybe never did exist. And it's not even the women that we help. Uh, women go, women suffer from hair loss for so many different reasons. Maybe they went through a divorce. 
Maybe they just had a baby. Maybe they're depressed. Uh, why we lose our hair is for so many different reasons that I wanted to help all women. Yeah. So the stories we get, some of them are battered women. Yeah. Some of them are, it is medical. Some of them, they just had a baby and they're a single mom and they can't afford, but all their hair has fallen out and they just want to feel beautiful. Yeah. You know, the stories we get are all very diverse and very touching in their own way. And so it's really awesome that, and I 100% read every single one of the stories because it is kind of our new why with the, with laced hair. If you yeah. see sometimes being a business owner, you see, have to see some of the bad stuff, some of the complaints and mm-hmm. manufacturing setbacks, all the hard things. Yeah, it's not smooth sailing now that things are going well for you. Yeah, it is, so it's still, there's still nice yeah. to, to see that we're helping people. And that's kind of our new why with laced hair. Uh, definitely the foundation is every yeah. weekly team meeting we have, we have a plan, whether it's just a, you know, Instagram plan or something we mm-hmm. want to, we want to help. And we're trying to, we wanted to have a big, um, a big lace hair foundation gala, but because of all the, it's all the postponed, COVID stuff, maybe we've a kind bit. of postponed all of it, but we're still able to help women. Yeah. Um, even though we're pausing some of the other cool stuff we have planned for You'll it. You'll get to it though. Yeah. You'll get it'll to come. it. You're just this incredible story and journey of perseverance, resilience, strength. Uh, you're so like, there's so much empowerment in your story. Cause I feel like you had all these like moments to say, like all these moments to give up and you didn't. Like I said, if I could inspire anyone, I am always so honored that I could. And there's, there's days that are really hard and I'm not perfect. <laughs> like I wouldn't say that I always have like the perfect smile on my face, but I think if I think if you just keep going, whether it's, hey, I don't think I can, whether it's starting your business, whether it is the hard postpartum depression, just to keep going and know that tomorrow is like tomorrow's a whole new day. And I think that because of the the time where I wasn't sure if there was going to be a tomorrow, I think that that completely changed my outlook. And I hope that everyone doesn't have like a brain tumor scare thinking they may not yeah. have another birthday or another Christmas with their children um, to realize that. And so that's where I hope I can inspire to say like how lucky we are that we do have another day and to just keep, yeah, to just keep going. Even if we think there's not another option, I would have never thought I'd be where I am today uh, for many reasons, personal life, health-wise, um, as well as my business. But it was because I just worked on myself, but my family and kids and just kept working my butt off on my business that still isn't, you know, there's always things that need work yeah. and just try and chisel away and just keep going. Thank you for sharing your journey with us, your story, your inspiration. Of course. Um, where can we follow along to find out more about laced hair, your business, um, and then just to follow you? Because you, I know you don't give much credit to your personal account, but it's really fun to follow. And I people will love getting to know you there too. So on my website, it's lacedhair.com. We 
You can buy all of our hair extension methods on there. We do have a blog where we post fun hairstyles too. Uh, and then all of our social channels should be linked through the website because there are a lot of them. But on Instagram, our business is Laced Hair Extensions. And we also, the charity that we started, the foundation, mm-hmm. our Instagram is Laced Hair Foundation. And then <laughs> my personal Instagram is Lacey Gadigard. And a lot of it will be linked through my main okay. website. So thanks so much, Courtney. You're adorable. I love hanging out with you. You're the best. Thanks thanks for being with us today. Friends, thank you so much for listening to another week of Courtney Beyond the Cake. I cannot wait to have you back here next week. Thanks friends for tuning in today. For show notes and other episodes of Courtney Beyond the Cake, head to cakebycourtney.com forward slash podcast. And for all things cake, remember you can find me over on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Cake by Courtney. And for all my recipes, products, information about my online classes, just head to cakebycourtney.com. New season, new wardrobe, and we're kicking off fall in style with Macy's VIP sale. Use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 30% off fall's biggest trends. Apple picking on the agenda, hello plaid and tall boots, and hey, maybe this is the season you try culottes. And our best brands like Ink, Calvin Klein, and Tommy Hilfiger, yep, they're included too. Plus, get your glam on with 15% off the beauty brands you love. And Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Going on now at Macy's. New season, new wardrobe, and we're kicking off fall in style with Macy's VIP sale. Use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 30% off fall's biggest trends. Apple picking on the agenda, hello plaid and tall boots, and hey, maybe this is the season you try culottes. And our best brands like Ink, Calvin Klein, and Tommy Hilfiger, yep, they're included too. Plus, get your glam on with 15% off the beauty brands you love. And Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Going on now at Macy's.